Hi everyone and welcome to Empathy Gaps, an online video podcast focused on creating a safe space to discuss mental health while also working to address the needs of the current mental health crisis. I'm Tiffany Zhang, your host, and today we have a very special guest, Professor Dwight Crable. Professor Crable is the Emeritus Professor of Psychology and Adjunct Instructor of Psychology at Bethel College located in Kansas, and he is also Director of the Bethel Summer Science Institute. Professor Crable, thank you so much for being here today and taking the time to join me. Before we start, is there anything else that you want to add regarding to what you do and who you are? Oh, um... I, it's just that I've been involved in in uh, teaching and in the psychology and neuroscience of music for mm-hmm. for like 20, 25 years. So wow. I mean, that's that's kind of the the background that I have, mm-hmm. uh, and I've done research uh, in it as well. In a, a, a few published papers, anyway, with collaborating co- collaborating with a number of different people. That's honestly so impressive. So basically. I'm just going to jump right in with a few questions, and then we'll see how it goes from there. So I guess my first question is to establish a little bit of background information. Why did you decide to pursue psychology? Well, this goes a long way back, of course. It, I'm I'm thinking all the way back to when I was finishing high school and, and starting college, and I wasn't, I wasn't really sure at that point, but I... Um, I um, was always interested in the sciences, and uh, I had an older brother who kind of had interests like that, and really encouraged me in in the direction of psychology. Um, I didn't actually major in psychology as an undergraduate. I took some psychology courses, but I didn't have a psychology major. I'm I majored uh, broadly in the sciences, so you know a lot of a lot of background in biology and chemistry and. Um, so then, uh, eventually went to graduate school uh, in in uh, in a psychology department, but it was within a program that uh, emphasized um, uh, the biological bases of behavior. Um, biological bases of behavior uh, were certainly being uh, investigated in in the, the time when I was a college student. Mm-hmm. But it was much less extensive than it is now. And mm-hmm. uh, it was, uh, I was always a little bit uneasy because it seemed like it was um, um, pretty pretty thoroughly focused on animals. There weren't methods mm-hmm. for studying these processes in humans very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some hesitations because of that, but got involved basically in animal research when I was mm-hmm. a graduate student. And uh, since that time, um, have gradually shifted more in the direction of um, studies that are more focused uh, on a human population. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so great to hear that you had an older brother that kind of encouraged you to study psychology. Oh, yeah, it was, that and, was... <laughs> yeah, and for me, as someone who is in high school right now and does want to pursue psychology full-time in college and maybe like as a career, I like really agree with you. And I think that that's great that you had that kind of guidance. But for me, like one reason why I want to study psychology or pursue psychology is because I think that psychology is science. And I think that because it is like backed in like science and like, you know what I mean? I think that it can help bridge a lot of like empathy gaps, I guess, which is like what kind of what I named my channel after. And -hmm. I think that's like really important to have that compassion and empathy towards other people. 
So I guess my next question is, why did you decide to start the neuroscience and music program at the Bethel Summer Science Institute? Well, so as I, as I mentioned earlier, I had been teaching in, in uh, psychology and neuroscience of music for quite a while, um, and also doing some research in it. Um, I, you know, the Summer Science Institute has about almost 25 year history now. And uh, so when we started it, uh, actually the very first time that uh, we offered a, an in-person uh, event was in the year 2000. And uh, so that year already, uh, I was offering a neuroscience course, but it mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't focused on neuroscience of music. Mm -hmm. uh, but eventually kind of, you know, tried different things. I, I had mentored a lot of different kinds of uh, research groups uh, throughout uh, that uh, 20 to 25 year period. Um, but eventually um, began to recognize that that neuroscience of music is is something that uh, a lot of people find very interesting. Mm -hmm. and, and it seemed like there would be ways of uh, mm -hmm. presenting that uh, general topic area to to um, to high school students and get them mm -hmm. engaged in the process of gathering data. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I always kind of experimented with different uh, different topics to uh, to use with high school students. I think this has been as good as any that I've ever mm -hmm. ever tried. I think there's a there's just a lot of interest in the topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think your neuroscience music program is like one of the only that I could find in the nation that like even offered to teach like the intersection of neuroscience and music. So. Like once I saw that, like I knew I had to apply. So thank you so much for like establishing that because I'm interested in like psychology and like dabbling a little bit into neuroscience, but I also do play piano a lot. So it was like hard to like combine those passions. Sure. So yeah, and I really learned a lot at the Institute. Like I genuinely think that like if I just went to like a regular music program or like a regular psychology program, I wouldn't have been able to like learn the things and like experience the things that I was able to experience at the Institute. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think you should definitely continue doing it. It was really interesting. Well, great. The, um, I think um, things have have changed a lot over the period of time that I've been working in the area. Uh, there are a lot more resources now that are um, are approachable by you know to to people who are just beginners and don't don't have um, you know much much technical background and and I think also um, there are a lot more high school students now who are familiar with with neuroscience than there used to be. I mean, even even in the last 10 years, I, you know, when um, I, I used to, to not find that high school students knew what I was talking about when I when I uh, used the term neuroscience. And now I don't run into that nearly as much. I think a lot of students have have the idea that this is a an active, vibrant area and, and that mm -hmm. it might be of interest to them. So yeah, that is that's made it made it possible. There are a lot of programs uh, in colleges around the country that um, certainly that that uh, would offer opportunities in psychology of music. Neuroscience of music might be a little more mm -hmm. uh, uncommon at yeah. the undergraduate level, mm -hmm. although there are certainly a lot of researchers and, and uh, graduate programs that would offer some aspect of neuroscience of music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely so great to hear. 
And something that I was really interested in at the neuroscience and music program was like the study of animal music and like differences with animal music and human music, which I thought was really interesting. And I guess my question is like, do you believe that animal music can also be used in music therapy or do you think it should like strictly or not strictly be, but like you think human music would be more effective? Well, it's a it's a really good question, and and you know the the study of of music in animals or the of music like behavior and and brain processing in animals is is really relatively new. I mean, it's it's been going on. Well, you you can find papers more or less for the last twenty years. Maybe not a lot before that time. There are there would be a few papers. Um, um, I th I think that that um, the whole idea that that um, that the sounds that animals make are 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 music like has been uh, it's kind of gradually gaining acceptance. I think it's uh, been pursued the most among among um, uh, well for the most for in the case of birds rather than 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 other animals. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, I was, I was surprised to realize that there was this, this emerging, uh, literature. I mean, most of the literature about, about birdsong and, and, uh, how it's processed in the brain and so on is, is, um, you know, like within the last 10 years. And, um, and, you know, I mean, this, it really opened up for me the, the whole question of, of uh, the degree to which there is similarity between the sounds that animals make and 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 what humans call music and and also you know to what to what degree does this actually imply you know true musicality um, in animals you know mm -hmm. the the abilities to to process and and uh, the these sounds and to kind of think musically if you will um uh and and more and more I think the literature is is indicating that there there are these abilities and and really really remarkable ones. The question of whether they can be used in uh, music therapy is one that is is still more recently uh, been actually um, um, actively investigated. Um, and and in fact, um, a summer summer science institute student kind of got me thinking about this and and exploring for for evidence um so that there i've got a couple of papers up in my web browser right now that that um that are related to this um so there's uh, there's a researcher in in uh, the uk mm -hmm. who has uh, explored just by means of questionnaires with with um, respondents, whether they thought that that music has a kind of what what they're calling restorative potential, whether it whether music is basically, I guess, contributes to their feeling of well-being. And there are a lot of people who really think that that is the case. Mm -hmm. um, there is also um, a study that was published just last year that shows um, definite uh, benefit of mm -hmm. of uh, exposure to birdsong mm -hmm. in, uh, in treatment of mental disorders. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
I don't know. I mean, I think it's an idea whose time is coming and that mm -hmm. there are a lot of reasons to to think that it it uh, could be an important uh, approach. Um, I don't think it's a, an, an uncommon uh, claim that uh, in in uh, just everyday experience, being out in in uh, in nature can have a calming, uh, uh, um, you know, a healing effect on people. Mm -hmm. And of course, what do you experience when you go out in in a in a nature uh, on a nature walk? I mean, very commonly you hear the birds singing, and that's mm -hmm. an, an important aspect of of the whole experience. So I think the idea of learn of using um, a bird song, or you know maybe other kinds of animal sounds as well, in uh, music therapy is uh, is a real live possibility. And I don't think the the uh, possibilities have been uh, explored very far yet at all. Mm -hmm. This could be a thing for you, Tiffany. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Search. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. During, like, sometimes when I'm, like, really, like, stressed with exams and stuff, taking a walk and just, like, hearing yeah. the sounds of nature and hearing the birds sing is calming. But mm -hmm. I guess I never really thought of that as, like, music therapy, I guess. Right, right. Most people usually think of music therapy as, like, I don't know, like, human music, I guess, you know what I mean? So definitely, it's definitely very interesting to think that, like, we can use animal music as music therapy because that can definitely open a lot of borders yeah. but I think as you said like it's hard to tell if it's like hard to tell if it will be like as effective as human music and like if we'll actually like end up using it commonly in the future but I definitely yeah. think that yeah I mean in 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 one way it's uh it's a part of of music therapy in another way it's a part of uh um, let's see. I think the, the 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 term ecotherapy is now also being used with yeah, you know, yeah. an idea of going out in nature as a as a therapeutic process. And and here is where ecotherapy and music therapy come together. It seems, I, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, evolves over time. But I think uh, it would definitely be a, a a real possible emphasis for someone going into music therapy to use these kinds of sounds. So. Yeah, definitely. And I guess just kind of a pivot, like a follow up question. Do you think that like music is just an extension of nature? Well, yeah, I mean, when when you um, when you when you ask questions like that, it I think it quickly takes you into the into the questions about how music and humans came to be how how did music evolve mm -hmm. uh, and it, it certainly evolved long ago I mean it's uh um you know we talked about this maybe a little bit in summer science Institute that the um there there are uh, findings of fossil uh, bone flutes going back at least as as far as 35,000 maybe mm -hmm. 40,000 some years. Uh, so that's that's uh, what is usually taken as evidence that there were uh, musical abilities that were were emerging at that time. There's a lot of uh, interest uh, in the the kind of common origins or or similarities between uh, language and music, mm -hmm. and the degree to which um, they may have risen together. Um, mm -hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, birdsong has also often been likened to to a human language. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it it, it seems that uh, if you really want to have a deep understanding of language and of music, you have to be studying them together, number one, but but you also have to be thinking about the similarities and differences between those uh, systems of communication and the ones that are that are found in animals. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean, I think we have plenty of reasons to think that that music arises from from um, you know natural processes that are mm-hmm. you know they're part of part of us. They're a part of probably of 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 other animals and and mm-hmm. and certainly of birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely really interesting to think about. Yeah, and yeah, I just like I guess I never really thought like because when people say music, I usually like until I attended the institute, I thought of music as like strictly like human singing, like humans mm-hmm. playing violin or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think now, like talking with you and like attending the institute, I really my definition of music has really broadened. Yeah, yeah, and, and I guess. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, what were you saying? Well, I, I mean, I think it's it's always important to to uh, take note of how seriously a lot of important composers have regarded birdsong and and mm-hmm. incorporated it into their into their own compositions. That yeah. that really means that you know uh, you know musicians of note have mm-hmm. have found it to be musical. So why should the rest of us? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. deny that but anyway Definitely. I think everyone pos- possesses a little bit of music yeah. talent yeah right I guess my next question is like asking you about the trend of psychology and how has it shifted from what you first started to what it is currently can you talk a little bit about that yeah I, there are a number of things that I would mention I mean for for me um since I, you know, my interest was always on kind of the um, this the side of trying to understand um, mind and brain as you know, or understand understanding the concepts of mind as being based in the brain. I was always interested in that, um, but it was kind of it was a little bit of a fringe um, idea when uh, when I began my studies way back when decades ago and uh i think what has happened in in psychology one one of the really pronounced trends in psychology over the last several decades is that the um the understanding of of behavior and mental processes mm-hmm. uh in terms of what is happening in the brain has gotten way way more important it's much more um, a much more prominent aspect of psychology than it used to be. Mm-hmm. What that has done is is also blur the distinction between psychology and and uh, related disciplines in the sciences. Mm-hmm. I would uh, biology, of course, but also chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I'm I'm finding that um, you know I I used to think of biological psychology as kind of kind of its own thing, a somewhat mm-hmm. specialized area. Mm-hmm. of psychology but i think what has happened in the last couple of decades or maybe even a little more than that is that um the old uh, kind of standard areas of psychology uh like the study of emotion the uh, the study of um, of uh, social processes of personality of of decision making and so on things that were not necessarily regarded as you know 
you know, people weren't necessarily uh, inquiring about how activities in the brain under underlay these uh, these psychological processes. Now that's very common. I mean, uh, there are a lot of researchers out there trying to understand personality in terms of what is happening, what uh, what is happening in the brain. What are the enduring differences in the brain that might account for for personality? So, so psychology has become much more linked with with the uh, the natural sciences than it used to be. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I mean, at the same time, there are all these social processes and cultural processes uh, that are linked to psychology as well. And so, you know, psychology has just become this just gigantic um, area mm-hmm. of um, related related disciplines that, um, so, I mean, it's just, I think really a lot of um, increase in the breadth and the depth of the discipline. Yeah, definitely. I think like a trend in psychology that I'm kind of noticing, maybe this isn't like inherently tied with psychology, but I think that over the recent years with the mental health crisis, there has definitely been an increase in like the growing demand in mental health services, especially with like AI, I guess, and like social media. I think that has also been a trend in psychology. Yes, uh, the interest in mental health was always there. I mean, even, even for people who were primarily studying animals, as I was in the 1970s, a lot of us were interested in mental health issues. But but the leap there was was really large. I mean, you you know you'd be finding these things in animals, and and to be confident that that they were actually applicable to humans was was uh, very difficult. Mm-hmm. But but uh, in the era when we have lots of methods for studying what is happening in the brain simultaneously while people are are uh, you know behaving in in a more or less normal way, it's become much more feasible to to start mm-hmm. to understand those mental health issues in terms in terms of the brain. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think the interest in applications to mental health um, are very widespread in psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I think it's it's a really important you know the the mental health issues that are arising, like for example, with climate change. Uh, I think those are be- becoming a really important stimulus uh, for for students to be interested mm-hmm. in in uh, psychology and mental health, yes. and that those are that's going to be all over the place. I think that's going to continue to increase. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. and I guess um, going back to like music therapy and kind of the current mental health crisis, I guess like do you believe that music therapy can be like an effective tool to alleviate the current mental health crisis? And I guess if not, like, why do you believe so? Uh, I think it's, I, I think it's probably somewhat yeah. um, unproven yet. Yeah. But I think there is a there is very widespread belief among among researchers in in mental health and and among um, uh, people who study psychology and neuroscience of music that uh, that this could be become an important part of, of music therapy and that music therapy uh, applied to um, to mental health problems is going to be an important mm-hmm. important approach. And of course, it's not only a, uh, just mental health issues, but but uh, music as a, as a, an approach in medicine. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of interest in in um, music and medicine and mm-hmm. and so, um, I, th- I think it's it's going to result in in um, a music therapy that is 
has more and more links with with um, with psychology and neuroscience, certainly, but also with with medicine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, I, I think that's going to make music therapy a much more interesting, at least to those of us who have have uh, who are interested in science. It, it's mm-hmm. going to make it a much more interesting discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I like how you brought up the term or like the phrase that people use music as medicine because I like genuinely believe in that like sometimes when I'm having like when I'm like angry or sad I just like like to play piano and it helps Mm -hmm. it definitely helps alleviate the feelings that I'm Mm -hmm. feeling and I Mm -hmm. and I really like how you brought that up yeah I I think uh well we didn't have very much of an opportunity to read this this these materials in summer science institute but but there's you know there are active collaborations you know going on between musicians and mm-hmm. and people in medicine these days and and I think it's going to be really important and and um and it's going to enrich music therapy people who become uh, knowledgeable about those uh, the, that work that is being done are going to be they're going to be in high demand I think I think that's mm-hmm. going to be an aspect of music therapy that is really going to be attracting attention yeah definitely and I guess before we I guess one of my last questions is like what like as a or I guess like what is your what is your advice towards people who are I guess trying to pursue psychology like music therapy neuroscience like along those lines like what would your advice be to them well I um you know I mean traditionally music therapy uh has been um and I, I think, you know, a lot of programs still are focused um, primarily on getting the, the necessary background in music. And, um, you know, I think the background in music is, is certainly valuable, uh, but I think that it's going to, if, if you're really going to be able to take advantage of these uh, developments in the field, it's going to be really advantageous to get a strong background in psychology and neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I mean, the, the leaders in the field are going to be people who, who uh, you know, they may even, they even may be physicians. You, you may have noticed that some of the uh, music, uh, music and uh, neuroscience researchers uh, are actually physicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think getting a strong background in psychology and neuroscience is going mm-hmm. to be becoming more and more important for people mm-hmm. to go to music therapy. Honestly, though, um, I mean, I think it's really important as well to keep in mind that that the um, it's not just that scientists are going to be enlightening people who are in, in music and who are uh, music therapists. Uh, I think uh, if all of this is going to work out well, mm-hmm. I think it's it's going to be essential that people in in um, in psychology and neuroscience, who are interested in music, also take seriously um, insights that musicians have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are just so many things that that uh, and many ideas that musicians have about what is happening uh, in mind and brain as they as they uh, pursue their music. Uh, that will give lots of clues for interesting things to pursue at a at a behavioral, um, a mental, neural level. Uh, that mm-hmm. uh, so kind of the each each uh, area of investigation pursuing with respect uh, collaboration with 
with the other, I think is going to be really, really important. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, wow, that advice is, I think, really insightful. And I think that a lot of people would benefit greatly if they heard your advice. <laughs> and yeah, I guess that's like all the questions I have. So I feel like we had a very interesting conversation today. Um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and speaking with me. And also thank you so much to everyone at home watching. Just like, yeah, thank you so much. And I will see you next time. Bye. Okay, very good. Thanks, Tiffany.